How old is too old to throw in the towel on everyday life and decide you want to be an artist? Apparently, you're never too old, according to our next guest. In this episode, we're talking to a remarkable friend of mine who has recently unlocked her calling to create and has become an artist at the age of 35. Don't go anywhere. If you're trying to promote your brand but stuck finding the right words, this is the podcast for you. Get your weekly inspiration on all things storytelling, creativity, branding, and so much more. I share inspiring stories, as well as tips and tricks on how to make your words work out in the world. And if you like free stuff, I've got you covered there too. Head to therightremark.com to steal my marketing secrets. You're listening to The Right Remark Podcast. Hi guys, and welcome to episode five of The Right Remark Podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Barrington, and I am so excited to introduce today's guest to you all. So we've all heard so many stories of people that have discovered their true calling or passion much later in life. In fact, you might know that Vera Wang, who um, we all know is an incredible designer, actually worked as a figure figure skater and fashion editor for many years before deciding at the age of 40 that she wanted to be a fashion designer. Very similarly, Samuel L. Jackson was 46 and recovering from a cocaine and heroin addiction before he starred in Pulp Fiction and his acting career simply exploded. Oprah didn't start her first talk show until she was 32 and J.K. Rowling was very much the same. So her first Harry Potter book was um, published actually at the same age, 32 too. Now, today's guest has had an incredibly similar experience. She discovered her calling at the age of 34. Daisy Hill started her career in retail over 20 years ago. So over those years, she worked as a visual merchandiser and a store manager for many major global brands before quitting her job and discovering a love for painting. Daisy is a proud descendant of the Murawari Aboriginal people and her traditional Aboriginal freehand dot paintings are simply incredible. The detail in them sometimes will take her up to 40 hours to complete. Daisy's work has been inspired by the knowledge and stories passed down from her people and date back many, many years. Her work has inspired the interest of lots of people on Instagram. She's in the thousands now with her followers and and has people like Jacinta Franklin following her, which is pretty amazing. She was also fortunate enough to very recently have her artwork featured on Open Homes Australia and Ready Set Renault on Channel 9. Now, if you love this episode, before I introduce Daisy, please don't forget to hit subscribe and rate it. And if you know someone who you think would benefit from it, please feel free to share the love. Daisy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming, agreeing to come on and talk to me on the Right Remark podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Days, you one of my oldest friends. For those who are listening today may not know, we've known each other for a whopping 30 years and you know how much I adore your friendship, but it seems that you have been harboring a little bit of a secret from me all these years. Mm, well, a secret to myself, I think too. <laughs> Absolutely. And thank you so much for coming on today to talk about this. And I guess I have to be really honest and say that one of the cheeky reasons I decided to invite you on to this podcast is to find out how did this talented woman who I have adored and loved as one of my closest friends for so many years went from 
being an incredibly talented visual merchandiser, juggling two beautiful young kids, renovating bathrooms, being a wifey to your hubby Brett, and then the next minute you wake up one day and start doing some dot paintings. So can you tell me where did it all begin? Well, I guess just following from what you just said, it was so clear to me that all my time and energy was going into everybody else. And I really wanted to start a hobby of my own where I could have some me time and also have a creative outlet. So yeah, I literally took myself to Officeworks, bought some paints and canvas, sat down at my dining table one night when everyone was in bed asleep, literally looked around to see what I could find to start my dot painting. I knew I wanted it to be a dot painting. So got a skewer from the kitchen drawer. And I also had one of those little stylus pens that you use on like iPads and tablets. And it's got like a little tiny sponge on the end. So I thought, yep, that'll be good. And off I went. And I think that first night I painted for like five hours and just got so lost in it. It was just such a nice feeling to be expressing myself, having some time to myself, incomplete silence. But yeah, that was literally the first moment I started an artwork. Before that point though, so play that back to me a little bit there because I am challenged by it. So living your normal life and going to work and being a mum, all those things, and then one day you just decide that you want to give this thing a go. You go and get the materials, you sit down, What made you choose that medium, I suppose? Had you ever thought that you wanted to do dot painting before? I can remember being like primary school aged and I remember always having a love of Aboriginal art. Obviously, I knew I was Aboriginal. So I always had this like appreciation for it in the back of my mind. I remember visiting a store in Brunswick Heads that has Aboriginal artwork in there. And I was with my mum and I remember even looking at the price tags thinking, oh my gosh, these are like tens of thousands of dollars. There's so much work that goes into them. I think that's what I loved the most was like the really detailed, you could just see how much time went into them and the cool stories and meanings behind them. I actually bought a rock that was painted, dot painted on the rock from that store. I think it was like $6 or something that was more affordable for me. I still have that rock. And then sort of fast forward a little bit from that. So having that in the back of my mind all the time. And then you would have seen on the block, they featured an Aboriginal dot painting by the mother-daughter duo Mimi and Jinda. So I think that really exploded like on TV and in the media and on Instagram and everything like that. So Aboriginal artwork was kind of coming to front of mind for people, especially in the interior design world. And then probably the last little trigger that made me take the leap was um, one of my good friends actually purchased a piece of Aboriginal art and she just had it 
in like the bottom corner of a photo that she'd posted on Instagram and I was like, oh my gosh, that's an Aboriginal dot painting. Like, wow, she's bought one. Like, it must be cool. And um, I was like, you know what, this is it. Like, I'm going to have a go. I'm going to see if I can do one. And then sort of, yeah, that's when I went, okay, this is it. This is my creative outlet, my me time. I'm going to choose Aboriginal dot painting and then see what happens. How amazing as well when you think about like you had this secret talent hidden inside you all those years just waiting to come through. At what point did you know that this thing you were doing, this art, you know, you sat down the first night and painted for five hours nonstop. At what point did you know this is going to be a reality? This is something that you really were ready to share with the world? Obviously, it's not something that was ever taught to me or shown to me. Yeah, nobody ever sat me down and and showed me how to dot paint. I never even like watched a YouTube video, nothing. It literally came to me organically, instinctively, intuitively. And that is the golden question everyone asks me is like, yeah, but how? And I'm like, literally, I can't explain it. Like, it's just something that, yes, like I've always been a creative, artistic person. You can apply those things in all facets of your life. Like, I love organizing my underwear drawer. I like making things look nice. I like dressing my children cute. So yes, I am a creative person at heart. So I guess it's just finding that that little niche. So with that being said, I never had the confidence to think that it would be any good because it wasn't something I went to university to study. So I was like, okay, so are people even going to like this? Like, And to be honest, it wasn't even really about that. It was more just my own private little personal hobby anyway. But I did start an Instagram page that was private where I just started uploading like little photos, little videos, quotes, like inspirational photos that I loved. And then I went to an art exhibition with my friend, the friend that purchased the Aboriginal dot painting. I went along to an art exhibition with her at Kira and Kira store on the Gold Coast. So they're like an interior design store. They make furniture, they stock artwork, they have all amazing little bits and bobs in there. Yeah, there was an art exhibition there and um, I went along with my friend and I actually met Simone, the owner of the store, and Letitia decided to show her and um, Beck, one of the other girls that works at the store as well, some pictures of my work that I just started doing and I nearly died. And hadn't told anybody about, can I add? I know, like literally no one. I think like my husband, my mom. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. No. And looks at the photos and she was like, oh, my gosh bring them in. Like, I want to sell them in the store. And I was like, oh, no, 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 you don't. No, like no one's going to buy these. No, no, like it's nothing. And she's like, no, seriously. And Beck, Beck was amazing too. She was like, honestly, Daisy, these are beautiful. Like you have to bring them in. Well, like people are going to love them. 
I was like, oh my gosh, like you're not just floating my boat here, girls. Like, come on. And Simone was like, I'm telling you now, these will be sold by the weekend. This was like a Wednesday night. And I was like, look, no pressure. Like, just have them. If they don't sell in like two weeks, like, I'll totally come and take them back. Like, no big deal. No pressure. Don't feel obliged or anything. No idea. Like, this is a premium interior decorator store that's known throughout Australia. They have some really high-end, also like celebrity clients that shop with them. They have over 30,000 Instagram followers. Like this was massive. I was basically just going from my dining table to the top in like 24 hours. So, okay, take the artworks to the store, feel sick, so nervous, so worried, don't even have any clue how much to price them at, like no idea, no idea. So get to the store, Beck and Simone are there and literally we all cried. We just had this moment in the store, they loved them they like fell in love with the story the meaning my story my passion my love like just it was just one of those beautiful moments where we knew we were all in it together and we were giving something a go and we were taking a risk and they were believing in me and I was believing in them and it was just just the emotion overcome all of us And so pretty much after that all took place, I was like, okay, I feel all right now. Like it's in their hands now. They're responsible. My work here is done. Like it's now their job to sell them. Like it's totally, you know, I can like dust my hands off, like leave it in their hands. So I drove away and just could not stop crying. Why were you crying? I just couldn't believe that... I guess a number of reasons, like it all happened so quickly. It all just flowed so perfectly. It was almost like all the messages, all the signs, just everything kept kind of unfolding day by day. So this is going to happen. Almost being driven by someone else, that momentum. Yeah, yeah. And like, of course, there was so much self-doubt as well. And I almost expected, oh, yeah, like, good try. You know, they didn't sell, but we gave it a go. All good. Like, thanks anyway. All those little voices come in your head. Absolutely. And so I went to work the next day at my job at Issue 1 and I went on my lunch break, checked my phone and had all these messages from Beck and Simone from the store. I was like, oh gosh, okay. Like my phone's blowing up here. I was like, oh dear, like, gee, I've got some followers on my Instagram page. Like, hang on a minute. What's going on here? Like what's happened? Was literally sitting on the toilet in Rabina Town Centre on my lunch break and read that my first painting had sold in two hours of it being uploaded to their online store. And I think as well, like I remember maybe a hundred and something followers had started following my Daisy and Dots page. And I just, once again, just stream of tears sitting on the toilet, like, 
oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like I have just sold my first painting in one of the top interior design stores in Australia. No worries. Like I'm going to get paid. Like people love and appreciate Aboriginal art and culture and storytelling and tradition. Like that just blew me away. I was like, oh my gosh, like people actually care. They want to know. They are interested. They want to be more educated about it. They want me to share my stories and and hang them in their homes, in their offices. Like that in itself was amazing too. Like just such a revelation to me that it was something that people actually loved and cared about. You have an incredible talent though, honey. So I'm not surprised at all, but what an incredible moment to go through that and such an indication the universe just saying to you, yes. And that was a little bit your motto you've told me, wasn't it? At the beginning. Totally. Once I started seeing how everything kept unfolding, like, oh, like getting them framed, doing the photo shoot, starting the Instagram, going to the art exhibition, then someone telling me to bring them in and then the the painting selling, like it was all just unfolding daily. And I just said to myself, right, this is it. Like everything that comes my way, I've got to say yes to. I've got to overcome my doubt, my fear, and just say yes. Give everything a try. Give everything a go. Say yes to everything and just see what happens. And it still is. It still is my motto and it does work. When you're trying something new and something a bit scary and you have fear and doubt, just say yes. I promise you it's the best thing. You won't regret it. And if it goes wrong, you learn by that. So it's all lessons anyway. But if you don't say yes and you don't go down that path and you don't try, then you never know. When you go to paint, what is that process like for you? How do you, where do you get your ideas from? So a couple of different ways. And once again, I just let it be organic. So if I'm doing a commission piece that a client has commissioned me to do, obviously number one, it's going to be hanging in their home or office. So it has to be in a color palette that they choose that ties in with their decor. So we discuss the color palette. I also try and get as much information from the client as I can, like about their family or if something has a special meaning to them. So it might be the ocean or bushwalking or family or any number of things. And then sort of with that information, I then come up with the design. So either in my mind or I sketch it out. Very rarely do I sketch it out though. I usually like it to be completely freehand. So I'm painting in the moment and I'm being expressive at that time. So I might paint if I'm sad. I might paint if I'm happy. Sometimes I paint in silence. Sometimes I paint with music in my ears. So it all depends on my mood, my vibe. When I sit down to paint, I always connect in. So might sound totally crazy, but before I start a piece, so when I have my blank canvas, I put my hands on the canvas run my hands all over the entire canvas. And I think that's just my own little quirky thing I do just to connect in with it. I am a deeply spiritual person. So I believe in 
energy, vibe, all that stuff. You know how I feel about that days. I've got a little secret quirky thing I do too when I'm going to go right. I get lavender and I rub it on the soles of my feet and I find that it helps me tune into work mode if I'm going to edit someone's work or something like that. Yeah, that's my little secret. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. Okay, everyone needs to like comment their quirky little weird secrets they have. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny how we have these little rituals that we bring into our life though when you are creating. It's like a little comfort, like safety net, isn't it? It's almost like I just feel better if I'm like saying to the canvas before I begin, like, this is it, you and me in this moment, let's make it beautiful, good vibes, good energy, let it flow. Like I'm here for you, you're here for me type thing. Like it's so cool. Yeah, amazing. And you clearly love it as well because you're finding time to do it in amongst all the things. We know what it's like having young kids and all of that is is busy. Life's busy enough. It's such a juggle. Like, I'm not going to lie, there's been nights where I have had to sit up, you know, for seven hours straight and then, you know, still wake up at 5.30 in the morning because the baby wants a bottle and my son wants me to wipe his bum or the dog needs to be let outside. Like, life just goes on. Mum life, wife life, work life. We're all busy, but it's so important that if you make the time, like this is my love, this is my passion. It's not like work for me. It's, I get lost in it. Like I don't even realize it's been five hours. And because my art form is so detailed, a piece can take me up to 40 hours to complete. So one small section of one of my artworks can be three, four hours to complete one circle pattern. But it's it's almost meditative. It's so relaxing. It gives me time to think, plan my day the next day, think about all the things I'm grateful for. That is another thing I do when I paint. I try and think positively and think about everything I have in my life that I'm grateful for. That's so important too. And that that can change your mood in an instant. You know, I might start painting feeling a bit angry or frustrated or sad about my day. And as soon as I check in, start painting, start affirming positive things, I'm on, you know, I'm going, I'm happy, I'm positive, it's flowing. What role does your heritage play in creating your art days? Because we've talked a little bit about this and the fact that you're Aboriginal heritage and... That wasn't something, I guess, growing up when we were kids, you were white, you didn't look Aboriginal. I knew you were Aboriginal because you were my bestie, but wasn't something you really talked about a lot. And Not at all. Yeah, and now you. it's just so, like, I have just so loved seeing how much you are embracing who I am and, and developing, yeah, and developing your un- more deeper understanding of your heritage. Yeah. So my great-grandfather was Aboriginal. He was actually a really well-respected Aboriginal man in the community and he married a white woman from London, England. Her name was Daisy, who I'm named after. And, yeah, so they went on to have five children, which Valerie is my grandmother and Valerie had my father, Chris, and 
from the age of about three, four years old, my brother and I were estranged from our father. So we weren't raised by him. We always knew, like our mum always told us, you know, about who he was and, and that we were Aboriginal and, you know, never said a bad word about him. Back in those days, it was something that was almost frowned upon to be Indigenous. Like everybody thought, oh, if you were Aboriginal, you, you were scum. You were lower than everybody else. And it's all to do with poor education and stigma and so many things. Racism was so prevalent still at that time as well. And, yeah, so it was something that I never told anybody. I never ticked the box. I never claimed my heritage. I never wanted to learn about it or know about it because it was almost like taboo. And it's only in more recent years that I decided I'm no longer going to deny who I am as a person. And I am lucky and privileged that I have a culture and have a heritage. So many people don't even know their family history past their grandma and grandpa. I have all these cool traditions. I have all these amazing dream time stories and meanings and like it almost, it almost felt like to me, oh my gosh, I know who I am now. This explains so much. Like I am and have always been so connected to the landscape and to plants and to animals and I'm deeply spiritual. I really feel things like, and it almost like reassured me, yes, that's because it's in your blood, Daisy. Like you can't deny it. It's who you are. Absolutely. And tell me about the start, like your the style of the paintings even. Yeah. So it's funny. There's kind of a little story in that itself. So one night I was just on the couch researching. I do a lot of research about Aboriginal culture. I always want to learn more. And I kind of got really deep in Google, as you do, and went like right back. And I knew that certain Aboriginal art forms were traditional to the tribes. So it might be like rock carving or basket weaving or dot painting. So I was like, oh, I, I wonder what my actual traditional art form for my people was. And um, sure enough, it was dot painting and some dot paintings were coming up on my phone screen and they were so similar to what I had been doing myself. No one told me, no one showed me. I never knew like some of the patterns that I'd been painting were like almost identical. I couldn't believe it. I like held my phone up to my husband sitting on the other couch and I was like, Brett, look at this. This is what my people were doing back in the day. And he's like, oh my gosh, that looks so similar to what you're doing. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm like, right, this is just too full on. Like if that's not a sign from the universe that this is more than just a hobby to me, 
then I don't know what is. Like I have to pursue this. I have to share this with the world and explore it and learn and get better and find out more and educate people and keep this tradition going, keep my culture alive. Like it's my duty. It's my calling. Like I have to do this. So, yes, in answer to your question, my heritage is so sacred to me and is the most important thing about all of this and I want to leave my mark on the world. You know, long after I'm gone and my my paintings are hanging on the walls, I want people to still celebrate Aboriginal culture, still tell stories, still share the sacred symbols and meanings that is the most important thing that will come of this, for sure. Incredible days. So can you tell me about what your favourite piece has been that you painted and why? Oh, there's so many. I get so connected to all of them. Like I hate parting with them. They're like my babies. But probably one of my most favourites would be a piece I named Our Coinda, which means Our Happy Place. I painted this for a lovely couple who the ocean was very special to them. So they got engaged on the beach. They got married on the beach. They spend every morning down the ocean before they start their day. And that was really the only thing, like kind of the only directive that they gave me in painting the piece. So I loved being able to sort of have no expectation or no standard put on what they wanted from me. It was kind of free reign. When you think about, because, you know, there might be people that are listening today that feeling a bit directionless, I guess, or maybe have always wanted to find that thing that they they love or that makes their heart sing or maybe they know deep down they've got a little secret Thing that they can do but they don't want to share it to the, with the world, what would you say to them? Oh, good question. I guess like it's something I would have loved to have known too, you know, all these years. Like I always loved being a visual merchandiser, being a store manager, serving customers, selling products, styling people, making people feel good. But it was always, you know, selling someone else's product being passionate about someone else's brand, making someone else's label look good. or And I just always wanted to do that for me and for it to be mine. And so I'm so lucky with this now that it's all me. I can be as expressive as I want. I can make my Instagram look how I want it to look. I can share as much as I want or not share. I'm selling my product. Like it's all me. It's my responsibility. I'm accountable for it. So I think the most important thing is doing you. So what feels good for you? What feels right for you? And not putting an expectation on it. So like... Obviously, in the beginning, I embarked on this purely as a hobby, as a creative outlet. I never expected any of this to happen or I never put any, yeah, I guess like I didn't do this for financial gain or 
Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I didn't want any recognition from anyone. This was for me. Wasn't until it kind of organically ended up that way. But in the beginning, I guess what I'm saying is, if there's something you love to do and you give that time to yourself to explore it, however that may be, and you stay true to you, don't copy anyone else, don't try and be someone else, don't do what's cool or what everyone else is doing or what's trending and go with it with no standard or expectation or wanting anything from it and just putting your heart and soul and your passion and your love into it, I promise you only good things will come from that. Like, yes, there might like come into fruition as a business or you might make some money from it or whatever. But even if you don't, the feeling and the satisfaction and the motivation and the drive and the passion that it will give you anyway, like outweighs all of that. So that's probably my best advice to anyone is like, if you know there's a little thing, just say yes, <laughs> go with it. I love it. I love that, Days. So just say yes, follow your heart and just do what you love. It's such simple advice, but it's so true. I know it's so cliche. Like I know every successful like sports person or celebrity, actor, whoever it is, they all say the same thing and you're like, oh, yeah, chase your dreams, follow your heart, do it with love. But it honestly works. It works. Look around. And the most successful people, and it is the most important thing, is to love and be passionate about what you do because yeah, we can all go to work every day, you know, pay the bills, da-da-da-da-da, Groundhog Day, but we'll always seek that fulfillment. We'll always not have our glass completely full. We'll always still be wondering. It's so important. It really is so important to feeling fulfilled as a human being. That's all we all want, isn't it? Absolutely. And life's just too short, really. And if I continue to sit in those moments, and I still get those moments, like I'll be halfway through an artwork and go, they're not even going to like this. Like, it's not even good. It doesn't even make sense. Oh my gosh, those colors. No one puts those colors together. Or, you know, all this self-doubt creeps in and you think, oh, what is this even all for? Like, just give up. Ah, it was just a phase. So you do have to overcome those voices in your head. Self-doubt is the biggest killer. Get rid of it, honestly. Well, I love your work and I think many of our listeners will also be as blown away as I was and continue to be days with your work. Thank you so much for sharing with me today coming on to my podcast to share your journey and this little secret you've been harboring away and finally decided to share with the world. My pleasure. It's like even just being able to tell my story is so cool. So thank you so much, Ness. I appreciate it. And um, 
there's probably just one more thing I want to add. I guess it, it came to me in my recent trip. I went on to Morocco and looked amazing. Yeah, I was there. It's such a beautiful, magical, artistic, creative, spiritual, amazing place. If if anyone has the opportunity to go, you have to go. It's just incredible. When I was there, it was really obvious to me how much the country celebrates and is proud and loves their Indigenous culture. So Indigenous Moroccan people are called Berber people and everybody is educated about their Indigenous culture, their traditions, and the Berber language is even taught in schools to the school children. That's how proud and educated they are about their Indigenous culture. And it just made me realise Australia has such a long way to go. Gosh, we've got a long way to go. Like, absolutely, it's almost embarrassing. I could pretty much guarantee to you nobody would know even five commonly used Aboriginal words. Let alone the languages, the number of languages. Oh, there's thousands, thousands. They wouldn't even know probably what Dreamtime stories are. They wouldn't understand what a smoke ceremony means to an Aboriginal person. So it just reassured me that it's almost, you know, my job to contribute to bringing the Aboriginal culture to the forefront, keeping the traditions alive, telling the stories, sharing the sacred symbols and meanings, you know, all of those things, raising my children and educating them and just, yeah, overall sharing it with the world. That's that's just, I really want people, you know, if you have the time, do some research, follow some other Indigenous artists, even put on NITV, you know, throughout the day. It's great for kids to learn about Aboriginal culture and I've often found myself watching NITV late at night, you know, these amazing, beautiful stories being told. So that's really what I would love to see moving forward in society. That would be so cool. Oh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Days. That's such a, a point that certainly I hadn't even thought of and I think that all of us can take away from this conversation today and even reflecting most recently on those on the bushfires here in Australia and looking at how much knowledge Aboriginal and Indigenous people have about our land and about Mother Earth. It's paramount. Like how were we not, you know, prior to all of that and listening, yeah, to their knowledge about the burning off and things like that. It's traditions and practices that have been around for thousands of years. So that's a whole other that's a whole other topic, isn't it? Even if you can just just start by following my page and le- even just learning through that, I hope to bring you joy, education, understanding and appreciation of the art and it's just me being me. 
I love you, Daisy. Thank you so much for being on. For those listening, you can follow Daisy's journey and see her incredible artworks and learn more about her story and the stories that she brings forth in her artwork on her Instagram, Daisy in dots. That's Daisy underscore in underscore dots. Next episode, we are going to be talking about taking your broken heart and turning it into art. This is a really special episode, guys. We've got a very, very special guest of mine who's going to talk about how she broke through the pain and suffering of getting her heart broken and turn that into art. So you don't want to miss that. I'll see you next week. 